It's time to get informed and inspired. This is Saturday Morning Live, sponsored by Asset Advisors, LLC, and Linden Sheet Metal on KGMI News Talk 790, 96.5 FM in Bellingham and KGMI.com. Good morning. Good morning, Whatcom County, Island County, San Juan County, any county, whatever county you live in out there. Are you awake? Guess what? It's December 31st, 2022, and it's New Year's Eve. We are about to roll over into a new year, and hopefully anybody who's listening in can hang on until the end of the show because I've got something special for you. Today we're going to be talking to a couple of people. My first guest, his name is Keith Bailey. He works for the John Stromberg and Associates Public Service. It's a CPA firm. We're going to we're going to talk to you about, you know, you've been harassed about those employment retention credit tax credits. Oh, you're going to find out what it is. You're going to find out and understand, hopefully, whether or not you or your business qualifies for these massive amounts of dollars that are just sitting out there. They haven't been absorbed or understood by so many small businesses, medium-sized businesses, pretty much anybody. And it's yours, okay? It's your tax credit. It's money that might help you to survive the chaos of the last two to three years. Um, and then at the uh, second half of my show, I'm going to be talking to Brittany Hargrove. She is the new, well, not completely new, but she's relatively new, program director at the Lighthouse Mission Ministries. And she's going to give us an update on what's going on there. And I've got a few questions for her as well. But before we go to our first break, I just wanted to let everybody out there know, you know, you're not alone. Yes, there's something horribly wrong with our United States Postal Service here, locally, probably across the state, maybe even across the nation. But I know that here locally, it's bad. If you're a homeowner, you're getting mail periodically. If you're a business owner, you're getting mail periodically. You know, your bills, the checks, the you know the packages, your important stuff that you expect to show up in a reasonable amount of time. I know that my stamps have gone up at least four times this year, the cost of that stamp. We have, we had a, a shortage of staffing in the Postal Service prior to COVID. It got worse during COVID. And then by the brilliance of someone whose name I'm not going to say, but you know who it is, they decided that anybody who didn't get the COVID injection should be fired. So then the staffing got worse. Don't blame it on money. Don't blame it on the Postmaster General. Contact Senator Pattingbury and Senator Maria Cantwell and Congressman Rick Larson and tell them to get off their asses and do something about it. Get rid of these mandates do something so that we get our postal service back. If you think that going all digital is a cure, it is not. With that, we're going to take a short break. We'll come back. We're going to talk to Keith Bailey about the employee retention tax credit Saturday Morning Live. We'll be right back. The winter savings continue at Linden Sheet Metal. The holidays are over, but it's not too late to buy a gift for your home and save money while doing it. 
Linden Sheet Metal has furnace, air conditioner, and heat pump discounts up to $900. Utility rebates up to $1,500. And beginning January 1, there are tax credits up to $2,000 off. And it doesn't end there. Showroom fireplace models are discounted 40%, and new fireplaces are $300 off installation. The benefits of a new energy-efficient fireplace, heating, or cooling system will help you save on future energy bills and can increase the value of your home. Call Linden Sheet Metal today to schedule a free estimate. Our consultants will come out and find the best solution for your home. We also offer easy financing with low monthly payments. Now is a great time to upgrade your home. Linden Sheet Metal, serving the Northwest for over 80 years. Dr. John's Auto Clinic, located in Bellingham on Kentucky Street, is here for your auto repair and service needs. Trusted and affordable auto repair in Bellingham for over 25 years. Ask about their oil change and maintenance inspections. You can hear Brian from Dr. John's Auto Clinic every Saturday on In the Shop on Newstalk 790 KGMI. Or check out Dr. John's Auto Clinic at djautoclinic.com. And on Facebook for the latest in auto repair news. Dr. John's Auto Clinic, reliable, honest, and a part of this community for over 25 years. There's a lot going on right now, and broadcasters are on the ground covering all of it, bringing you the weather, the traffic, and breaking news, all while entertaining you 24 hours a day. Someone needs to tell you what's going on around the world and in our hometowns, and that someone is us. We are free radio. We are always there. We are broadcasters. Visit wearebroadcasters.com or text radio to 52886 to learn more. Furnished by NAB and this station. The opinions expressed on this program are not necessarily those of KGMI or the Cascade Radio Group. Welcome back. It's Saturday Morning Live. We're live. We're about liberty. And yes, we are focused on you. My name is Chris Halterman, the host today. And I have in studio with me right now Keith Bailey. Keith Bailey is with John Stromberg and Company. He is a certified public accountant, and I asked him to come in because we've talked a lot. Um, for those of you who know me, um, I also do bookkeeping for small businesses, and so we've done a lot of chatting back and forth about the employee retention tax credit and really has opened my eyes on how much there wasn't understood about this tax credit and how important it is to small businesses. So... Let's start off, John, or John, sorry, Keith, with talking about what exactly is the employee retention tax credit, what created it, and why is there so much confusion? Good morning, Chris. Um, essentially, the employee retention credit is, is a refundable tax credit for the cost of keeping employees. They established this uh, to help offset that cost of, of keeping those employees staffed. The reason there's so much confusion about it is because this thing came out with the CARES Act and it was amended three times in the span of about nine months. But I think the, the biggest contributor to all the confusion was it came out about the same time as the PPP. So originally when this came out, you had to make the choice. You could either get the PPP or you could use these employers, employee retention credits. For the vast majority of people, the PPP was more beneficial. Mm-hmm. So at the end of 2020, they went back and decided that, okay, even if you took the PPP, now you're eligible for the ERC. And then, of course, there was a couple amendments after that. So everybody got kind of wrapped around the axle with the PPP, and 
there was not a lot of understanding about the ERC. Okay, and 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 I will uh, confess that I, you know, I think the last thing I heard, if you got PPP money, you you didn't get the the, the employee retention credit tax credit. So I really kind of stopped paying attention to it until we started working with one of my clients, and it's like, well, well, wait a minute, I've got other people who are then eligible, and then I talked to other CPAs, other businesses, and yeah, it's there's a lot of people who don't know about it. So, um, how much are these credits? They're significant. Um, for 2020, an employer is eligible for up to 50% of the first $10,000 in wages for the year for 2020. So potentially, you're eligible for $5,000 per employee for 2020. In 2021, they upped that to 70% of the first $10,000 in wages per quarter. So potentially, you're looking at $21,000 per employee for, for 2021. Yeah, for Right, but overall, that's $26,000 potential. Yes, that's the $26,000 number you hear being thrown around out there. Yes, and, 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 that's, and now you think about you know, turnover and all that kind of stuff, and so there's, lots of, there's a lot of credits out there that people aren't even aware of. It's real money. Yes, it is. So um, let's talk a little bit about, so I got PPP money. Um, well, how 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 am I how and why am I eligible? How do I, you know, how do I look at that from the perspective of getting my employee retention tax credits? Why? Well, the first thing I would say, no one's going to like to hear this, especially small businesses, but owners' wages are not eligible for the ERC, um, nor are any relatives. Can, can I? I have to say this, okay? Just because. I know where you're going. You know where I'm going <laughs> with this, okay? During COVID. Your most reliable staff was yourself and your family. And you paid them wages, but you're not eligible. Sorry. Absolutely. Okay, go ahead. So now the other piece of this is you have to, you, you, there's no double dipping. You can't, whatever wages you use to qualify for forgiveness of the PPP are now excluded from eligibility for the ERC credits. And PPP money, 60% of those, that money had to be dedicated to wages, gross Correct. wages. Correct. 40% to rent, uh, other eligible expenses. Qualified expenses. Mortgage interest, that yep. kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yep, absolutely. Not, yeah. Not all of them, but a lot of them. Correct. Utilities, anything that really kept the business going. Now, here's the crummy part is that with the PPP, and owner's wages were eligible for forgiveness. Mm-hmm. So now if you've used those wages, or if you didn't use those wages for forgiveness of the PPP, you can't use them for the ERC. Great. Okay. So even though, so you can't go back on that. Correct. There's no going back to amend your PPP forgiveness mm-hmm. application. Okay. All righty. And um, so let's... Um, Let's talk a little bit about the how, so once you know that you're qualified and you had staff in 2020 and you paid wages again in 2021, talk a little bit about once you've actually, what is it that you, that you, that you need to look at from a financial perspective to, to calculate this without getting too down in the weeds? Sure. So 
really the there's there's two tests that you have to meet. Well, one of the two. You can meet one independently of the other and still be qualified. And the first one is the easy one. That's the gross reductions test. So in 2020, if you had gross income, if your gross income was reduced by more than 50% for any quarter compared to the same quarter in 2019, you qualify for that quarter and the following quarter. Now, now keep that in mind, folks. If you qualify for one quarter, you automatically qualify for the forward go- the quarter going forward. That's important to understand. Correct. Now, for 2021, they they changed that to where you only had to have a reduction in gross receipts of 20 percent for the first for the same quarter or for comparing that quarter to 2019. So they, they did throw one other wrinkle in there where they have the alternative look back mm-hmm. uh, election, and that's where you can look back to 2020 fourth quarter for a drop in more than 20% to qualify for the first quarter in 2021. Mm-hmm. So you could look at 2019 or you could look back to fourth quarter 2020. Correct. Okay. Yep, absolutely. And the and these ERC credits that they aren't like for all of 2020 and all of 2021. It's just like February 16th of 2020 to the end of 2020 w- with that 50% maximum $5,000 per employee per year. I may be incorrect on this, but I believe the starting date is March 12th, March so you, 12th. Okay. of 2020. Okay. So you qualify for the last the last two weeks of the first quarter in 2020, mm-hmm. all the way through fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. And then 2021 is first quarter through the third quarter. So there any is, wages paid between March 12th and March 31st would qualify for that first quarter. Correct. Okay. And then going forward, and that's 50% gross wages up to maximum of $5,000 per employee, not including any funds that were actually used of that 60% if you're eligible to, uh, that were used with PPP money. You got it. Okay. So now moving forward to 2021, we start in January 1st. We go till to September 30th for the vast majority of businesses. Correct. There is one exception for the recovery startup businesses, but I've only run into one or two of those. Yeah, I have one. (laughs) People that actually started your business in 2020. Yep. You are you can go from whenever the inception of your business is in 2020 to the end of 2020. Correct. And I believe the startup date is uh, it's February 14th. If you were in operations after February 14th, 2020, Mm -hmm. you qualify as one of these recovery startup businesses. Yes. Um, and then there's another qualifier, and that is that 10% reduction in operations due to government mandate. Talk about that, please. Yeah, so what that one is, and this, is this one's a little more, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, subjective. Mm-hmm. So obviously the, the gold standard for, for qualifying for this ERC is the gross reductions test because that's black and white. We're talking about numbers. Mm-hmm. But if you get into the partial or full government shutdown test, mm-hmm. that's where that's where the subjectivity, I guess, would, could, could come in. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's, let's use some examples, okay? Sure. I'm, I'm just going to use my business because that's what I've got. So we were subjected due to, and, it, and it, folks, this has to do with your state government, <laughs> not with anything that the federal government did. Your state government 
So we were restricted by the number of people that you could have down on uh, on the a bowling lane. Correct. You were restricted by not allowing anybody to be in your bar. You did, were restricted by not allowing people to be in the dining room, um, and and you know there was in the 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 game room. Nobody could be in the game room. So if I know that that's ten percent of my operations, not revenue operations, the ability to operate. It isn't about money. I could have even made more money during that period of time, but if I was not fully open because of a government mandate, such as Governor Inslee's, then I qualified for those without even having to look at whether I lost money. Correct. The only thing I have to to look at in that that time frame then is TPP. Yep. You got it. So hopefully everybody understands what we're saying here. <laughs> what do people need in order to start the process of looking at whether or not they qualify and what should and what are they going to have to do? What do they need to do? Well, the f- the first thing you're going to need is good payroll records. So we'll have to look at the payroll. Um, if you've got a, a QuickBooks file or something like that, probably the easiest thing to do would be to make a backup of that, give that to your tax preparer or your bookkeeper, and then they can go through and pull out the reports that they need. The first thing they need is what? They need that original copy of their PPP forgiveness authorization. Letter. Oh, absolutely. That's the only document that's going to show what wages were used for the forgiveness of the PPP mm-hmm. and the covered period of the loan. Yes. Because the PPP was you could you could choose a period for anywhere from 8 to 24 weeks. Mm-hmm. And then but that application for forgiveness and that's the one you're going to struggle with because you may have to go to a lender to get it unless you kept a copy of it. But that application for forgiveness, not the forgiveness letter, not the for, not the application for the loan, it's that application for forgiveness. Yes. And you whoever you applied and got your PPP money through they are the ones who have a copy of that so whether it be your bank or some other uh, private entity that did it for you you need that as your first step then as going forward you need good payroll records good payroll records copies of your 941s um, yeah and that 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 would be a good starting place right there okay and um, what uh, I hate to say this because I know that even places like, you know, your business, you guys are, are stressed out for staff in order to handle everything. Yeah, it's been a crazy couple of years. What should they, you know, if they if this is something that they, they don't know how to deal with, where, where do they take this information? Because there's they're being bombarded with these uh, advertisements and letters saying you qualify for the ERC credit. What should they be doing? What should they be thinking about? Yeah, absolutely. If you're if you're using a payroll provider, they're a good they're a good starting point. Uh, if you have a bookkeeper, that's a good starting point. Obviously, a CPA or an EA tax preparer. If you don't employ any of those, if you if you're one of these small businesses that does most of this on your own, mm-hmm. then you you could absolutely start calling around uh, to some of these CPAs and stuff like that. I know we took on a few uh, during December and January, but that's about that's, you know, once we get past January, we're, we're pretty much into our busy season. So 
finding a bookkeeper, a qualified bookkeeper. I'm pointing at you. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can contact us uh, at me if if that's something that you're interested in. And, and I'm not trying to promote myself, but even to just find somebody who does bookkeeping and understands this. And it's because it is, you know, it's a little bit confusing for the non, you know, financial professional who hasn't done it. My son's done a bang up job of really learning this and getting delving into it and getting that 941x return filed properly so that uh, you can get the credit. Yeah, absolutely. We, we, we actually got one of our checks. Oh, did you? Yeah, even with all the bad mail. <laughs> it was funny because I got a, got a letter, uh, got three letters in one week, you know, not all on the same day. This was before the mail really <laughs> went belly wonkers. Um, and it said between four to six weeks. Well, a week later, one of the checks there. So I'm not sure if that has to do with the mail or what, but we did get one of them. I've seen these take as long as six months. Well, I know. And, and so um, that's kind of why I'd like the mail to actually really get solved because I've got two other checks out there because this was like the middle check, not the first one. <laughs> so it's kind of kind of an odd thing. Um, so in in finishing up here, talk a little bit about what they should look out for, beware of. Yeah, absolutely. So IRS put out a notice actually several weeks ago, and they've, and they've hit on it several times, but there, there are what they're calling these ERC mills. And these are these companies that are popping up, uh, short-lived companies. They flood you with aggressive marketing, get you, get you thinking that you're running out of time. Just so everyone's aware, for 2020 941s, you have until April 15th, 2024. So you have some time. Uh, the other thing I would be worried about are contingency fees. And what I mean by that is with this partial government shutdown test, there's there can be a lot of subjective or aggressive interpretation of it. And obviously, if someone's charging you a contingency fee, they're, they're incentivized to get you more back because obviously their fee goes up as well. Um, they're not charging an hourly how much time it actually takes them to do it. They're taking a percentage of whatever that credit's going to be. Correct. Or they take a massive amount of fees up front. And, uh, you know, when it's fairly, you can tell fairly quickly if somebody's going to be qualified when mm -hmm. somebody's looking at this stuff. And, and another concern, of course, is are they going to be around when somebody comes you got it. And, and the IRS and says, well, we want to audit you now. Yep. The statute of limitations on these 941Xs for the ERC is five years. Yes. So three years from now, a lot of these businesses aren't going to be around. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm, I am going to throw out that, you know, not every one of these places that does this stuff is, is uh, crooked. Know, crooked. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Mm -hmm. But I would say this, you know, if it, uh, if it doesn't feel right or it smells fishy, then maybe get a second opinion because there are some aggressive interpretations of what qualifies as a, as a full or partial shutdown. Yeah. And now, and like the deadlines again on these ERC credits for 2020, it's 2024, correct? Yes. And it, is it the end of 2024? No, it's April 15th, 2024. Okay. And That'll then be for the 2021, day. it's April 15th of 2025. Yes. You got it. Okay. So that's it. I thank you very much, Keith, and I hope that everybody learned a little something. If you want to, if you have any more questions, um, you can ask Keith or you can contact me, and I will do my due diligence to answer whatever questions you have. This is Saturday Morning Live. We'll be right back.
This is Dick Donahue with Asset Advisors, and for over 12 years, we have been bringing you Wealth Wake Up every Saturday and Sunday. Saturday, we focus investment management, retirement, tax planning topics, and some of the political influences on your planning for the future. And on Sunday, we focus on the latest economic updates for the United States and globally. During these challenging political and economic times, we try to provide you the latest information to assist you in your decision making. Call us at 360-733-1200. Go to our website at wealthwakeup.com and join us live at 11 a.m. on Saturdays or 9 a.m. on Sunday mornings here on KGMI. The opinions voiced on Wealth Wake Up with Dick Donahue are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine what may be appropriate for you, consult with your attorney, accountant, financial, or tax advisor prior to investing. Guests on Wealth Wake Up are not affiliated with CWM LLC. Ready to put some skin in the game? The only sports book north of Snohomish County is now open at Silver Reef Casino Resort. Get in the game with baseball, football, basketball, hockey, and your other favorite sports. Visit Portage Bay Sportsbook and Bar and place your bets today. Sportsbook open daily at 9 a.m. Betting kiosks open 24-7. Silver Reef Casino Resort, located off I-5, exit 260. We've got that. At Silver Reef Casino Resort, we've got that. Escape the hustle and bustle of the city and get ready for a fun and relaxation-filled getaway. Luxury hotel rooms? Yep. Championship golf? Mm Mm-hmm. Top-rated casino with all the best slots and table games? Yes and yes. World-class dining at the region's best and Wine Spectator award-winning steakhouse? Yes, please. The total package is only missing one thing. You. Silver Reef Casino Resort. Located off I-5, exit 260. We've got that. KGMI Connects with Joe Tian is about our community and you. Yeah, I happen to believe that the Bellingham, Whatcom County, uh, the Fraser River Delta, and Nooksack is an enormous healing area. Each weekday at 4 p.m. I'm the old dog. When I walk down railroad, I'm the one who knows who just got here and who didn't. I see them, they're so angry from where they came from, and then through the years, they mellow out because there's a healing energy here. On KGMI 790, 96.5 FM, and KGMI.com. The latest local news and important topics of the day from the West Mechanical Studio. Don't worry about your furnace on the coldest days of the year. Talk with West Mechanical, your independent train dealer, about replacing your old inefficient furnace with a train comfort system. Today, find them at westmechanical.net. Get the latest news and information 24-7 with KGMI News Talk 790, 96.5 FM in Bellingham and KGMI.com. CBS News Brief. With bone-chilling temps, Kentucky Governor Andy Bashir with a warning. You can get frostbite in 20 to 30 minutes of exposure. It is too dangerous to be outside today. The winter storm causing travel headaches for millions of Americans trying to get to their holiday destinations. Roads are messy and dangerous. And if you've got a flight scheduled, check before you go. This man's at New York's LaGuardia Airport, and he's frustrated. Trying to search on our phones, figure out other routes, maybe even taking a bus from here to Atlanta, which it'll take us about 21 hours. Fed workers with a sigh of relief. The House just passed the $1.7 trillion spending bill to keep government funded through September. Not everyone was on board. Republican Congressman Chip Roy of Texas. You're destroying the United States of America. Well, the bill is now on President Biden's desk awaiting his signature. CBS News Brief. I'm Stacey Lynn. <laughs> 
welcome back. It's Saturday Morning Live, where we're live, we're about liberty, we are focused on you. My name is Chris Halterman, the host today, and my next guest is Brittany Hargrove. Brittany and I have never met before, even though I used to, I, I was in an independent, independent contractor at the mission from 2012 till 2021. Um, they wanted a full-time employee and I said no I don't want to be your employee I'm sorry I have other company <laughs> other clients yeah. and, and I'm you know when you get used to being your own boss and you know basically working whatever needs to be done and then you know it's just it's a really hard transition oh yeah yeah and I was never good because I worked in a bank for a long time and when I was done I had to just sit there and kind of like wait for something to do and I was not good at that I was I went <laughs> I could just see me doing that. Anyway, I, I know that the gal that they hired, um, I think her name is Elizabeth or Veronica. Veronica. Yeah. Vic- Victoria. Veronica. Veronica. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, great gal. And I know she's doing a good job. So. Yeah, absolutely. I've heard your name, of course, from <laughs> the circles and the great job that you did. So oh, thank you. Well, it was, it was an adventure when I first got there. So, uh, by the time uh, we were done, it was smooth, pretty smooth sailing. Other than everything was really growing. Because you guys have a lot of things going on, a lot of balls in the air, keeping track of all that, and making sure that the um, T's are crossed, the I's are dotted, and everything balances. Yes. So um, you guys do do the hard work. We just make sure that every all the hard work that you do is mm. the record keeping is is really good. So Brittany, you are the new um, Bridget, she, right? Yeah. Bridget yeah. Reeves. The new left yeah. she's got three kids now she definitely i think did a made a smart move at this point you know just getting life because the what she did was wonderful she yeah. was excellent at it but it does take a lot of time and that is time that with those little ones is hard to recapture so bridget i feel for you i know you'll be back when time permits because mm-hmm. her heart is really into it mm-hmm. so so who are you, and how did you come to the mission? sounds like from reading your stuff that you actually worked uh, at this, this same type of organization on the East Coast. I did, yes. So for about the last decade, I have been um, working in rescue missions on the East Coast. I've worked at a couple different ones, primarily St. Matthew's House in Southwest Florida. And um, my sister actually moved up here a couple of years ago, and so I began to visit the area and just fell in love really with Washington State and with Whatcom County specifically. Um, And so funny story, I was uh, visiting on a Saturday and I was planning to take myself to the farmer's market, right? Just going to have a Saturday by myself. And I pull up to what I thought was the farmer's market, which happened to be our base camp location um, (laughs) that says public market over top. And that was kind of my first sign that was fate sort of pointing me to what my future would hold. Uh Um, And so then I just started checking the website, waiting for an opening. And um, as luck would have it for me, Bridget decided it was time to transition out. And yeah, so I've been with them since July of this year. So program director, what are the responsibilities of a program director? Sure. So I supervise any location or staff member that houses a guest. So Mm -hmm. that includes our 200 bed base camp facility and the outreach department, our Ascent Men's Recovery Program and our Agape Home for Women and Children. Um, So all of those are kind of under my supervision. Mm -hmm. And you help to develop all the programs that Mm -hmm. these groups 
yeah. provide, correct? Yeah, absolutely. So there's daily operations. Of course, we're looking at strategic planning as we um, prepare for this new building project that's coming up mm -hmm. um, and really taking a deep dive into how can we improve the experience for the guests who come to us for housing and shelter. So um, I know a lot of what the mission did previously with their programs. You know, you came into the program, um, basically helped, you know, we basically helped people to pick up that carpet that you sort of broomed all of the dust of your life or the dirt of your life underneath, lift it up, clean it out, clean out your life, try to get yourself back on the right path and hopefully reestablish relationships and get the person capable of going out and reengaging in society, becoming what we call an upstanding, productive member of society, yeah. for lack of a better word. What's going to be different about the new facility mm. with regards to this? versus where what you what you've been doing yeah that's a great question so um, one thing we've seen a lot of different trends and this is not news to anybody homelessness the rate of homelessness is increasing in our county in our state in the nation um, and so one thing we've seen pretty clearly is that there is an increase in those experiencing uh, permanent disabilities so that could include a mental illness that could include a physical disability just as an example, the Whatcom County uh, point-in-time numbers show mm -hmm. that about 40% of the homeless population here identifies as having a permanently disabling condition. Um, in addition to that, another 13 to 15% are families experiencing homelessness. And so that's you know families with kids under the age of 18 in the home. And so one thing that we aim to do in this new building is to provide some specialized care dorms specifically for these populations because they face such unique challenges. Mm -hmm. So, And that's going to be different than what we're doing right now. Our base camp location um, was built, well, was occupied kind of in a hurry, right, after COVID sort of impacted well, our operations. Well, let me help you a little bit just because of my number of years there. Mm. Base camp, because it existed before they went to where they're at now, it was, it was that first touch, okay? And the, the, the earlier that you connect with people experiencing homelessness or in distress like that, um, the sooner you can hopefully get them to trust you and engage with them to be able to come in inside, okay, yeah. from the outside, become comfortable, trust you, come inside, create a, 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 um, a relationship, yeah. a trusting relationship, that maybe they will then go further into the programs to really help try to learn and understand, yeah. verbalize, take it out of your subconscious and verbalize it and get it out with what has created and is, is basically um, accentuating and, and feeding that homelessness. Yeah, absolutely. That's our hope is that by meeting basic needs and creating a space for relationship, um, we'll be able to draw folks in and um, they'll trust us enough to kind of share with us some of those wounds or poor decisions, which mm -hmm. led to their situation. We know it's a combination of trauma and decisions. Um, and so, yeah, that's the that's the hope. And this new building is going to give us a more intentional space to create those relationships, I would say. OK, we're going to take a short break. We'll come back and talk some more to Brittany Hargrove of the Lighthouse Mission Ministries. She is the new, fairly new program director and talk more, getting an update on where they're at with their new facility and um, maybe what people can expect in the very near future. This is Saturday Morning Live. We'll be right back. 
Hello folks, are you ready to get your estate planning affairs in order but you don't know where to start? Would you like to hear about the difference between wills and trusts? Do you want to learn how to avoid probate? Do you have questions about Social Security and Medicare? Is it important to you to make life as easy as possible on your spouse and loved ones if something should happen to you? This is Phil George. I'm an elder law and estate planning attorney here in Bellingham. Join me right here on KGMI every Saturday at 1 p.m. for the Aging Hour, and let me show you how to set your family up for success in your retirement. When I think about my grandparents, it takes me back to warm memories of meals shared around their dining room table and laughter exchanged around their fireplace. Hi, I'm Brad Barron, CEO and fourth-generation Barron at Barron Heating, AC, Electrical, and Plumbing. Over 50 years ago, my grandfather installed Barron's first fireplace in one of Whatcom County's newest developments, Sudden Valley. Grandpa Dan took great pride in his craftsmanship, ensuring that every fireplace or stove he installed was truly the heart of his customer's home. Today, Barron continues continues this tradition by providing beautifully crafted hearth products through its Firelight by Baron division. Featuring America's best-known brands of stoves, fireplaces, and inserts, a Baron Firelight expert can help you build your perfect flame. Visit a Baron showroom today and browse our endless options tailored to your style and budget. Plus, save up to $300 with year-end specials good through January 31st. Let us set the stage for you to create memories that lasts for generations. Firelight by Baron, a tradition of warmth and beauty since 1972. Our mission, improving lives. Whatcom County and Northwest Washington offer endless beauty and our phones make it possible for us to capture it instantly. And now KGMI is giving you another way to share your incredible pictures with Whatcom Wanderings. Just go to KGMI.com, look for Whatcom Wanderings, post your photos and tell us where you took them. So share your pictures of our area's incredible beauty and complexity with Whatcom Wanderings at KGMI.com. Welcome back. It's Saturday Morning Live. We're live. We're about liberty. We are focused on you. My name is Chris Halterman, the host today. And in studio with me right now is Brittany Hargrove. She is the program director at the Lighthouse Mission Ministries. And I just want to remind you, stay with me till the end of the show. I've got a little surprise for some of you. And Brittany, you know, last week was a little little tough on just the average people, you know, trying to deal with your home and your apartment and your getting around, getting to work or not getting to work, getting ready for Christmas and how was it for the mission, and, and how do you guys deal with it when it gets like that? Yeah, well, I'll tell you, my husband and I are from southwest Florida, and so this was like, <laughs> even getting out of the driveway for us was an adventure, I mm-hmm. will say, that Tuesday morning. But the mission never sleeps. You know, we're 24-7. There's individuals out there who are experiencing the severe weather all the time. Um, and so we actually, for the last two years, it's our third year partnering with um, Christ the King Church. And so we were able to utilize our drop-in center, which is that old base camp location, for 40 additional winter shelter beds. Mm-hmm. And we've been at capacity uh, the last several weeks with that cold snap, and that's at base camp and in our winter shelter beds. And so it's um, it's been tough, but our outreach efforts continue. We continue to try to identify folks who are willing to come into shelter and really preserve life. It's it's crazy out there. Is the I know that during COVID, your um, volunteer program was shut down. Mm-hmm. Is, is that picking up? Yes, yes, thankfully. Um, there are several volunteer opportunities, and we're really excited to get folks back into the kitchen, back into winter shelter volunteer opportunities. So, yes, check online. 
we got a ton of stuff opening up. Okay, and and so and who's in charge of the volunteer program? Uh, we actually have a new staff member. Her name is Carolyn Roy, and I hope mm-hmm. she's feeling better today because she was <laughs> sick over the Christmas holiday. But um, so she stepped into that space, and um, you can connect with her pretty easily just by uh, pulling up our website and yeah. sending in There's a message. There's all sorts of different types of volunteer mm-hmm. needs, correct? Oh, a hundred percent. Simple things from making sandwiches and dropping them off to coming in and helping actually. Uh, facilitate the winter shelter hours at our drop-in center. So was this the first year that you guys reestablished doing the um, Thanksgiving and Christmas dinners? It is. And how did that go? It went wonderfully. It was such a blessing. So Thanksgiving, I think we served um, 600 or more meals. Christmas, I'm still waiting on the numbers, but it was about the same turnout. So it was truly a blessing. There was a lot of folks that we um, didn't see or didn't hear from. Mm-hmm. over the last year that showed up at these Christmas meals. And so it was comforting oh, to know that they were still out there. Good. Yes. Um, so the new facility, um, give us an update on where you're at, the size of this facility. I know you talked a little bit about that it's going to, it have, has the capacity for mental health, has the capacity for families. Talk a little bit more in depth about that, how much money you guys have raised, what you're going to need to raise, and the timeline for the construction of the new facility. Absolutely, yes. So our contract with the current base camp location, the 200 beds, ends in July of 2024. And so we're, we're on the yeah. timeline now. No pressure. Yeah, no pressure. We're in the crunch. We've raised about $15 million of our $23 million um, goal budget. Mm-hmm. And so we're, you know, we're hopeful in the community support that we've seen thus far. They'll continue in this effort with us. Um, This new building, it really is going to be a game changer. So in addition to replacing the 200 beds for men and women that we currently have at base camp, it's 100 additional beds for those specialized dorms that we were talking about. And then uh, on top of that, another 100 beds will open up in a large space for winter shelter. So there won't be this need to kind of identify different locations in order to house folks during winter months. Everything's going to be in-house. Everything's going to be staffed. Um, It's just going to be a great model. You've also got some entrepreneurial stuff, program mm-hmm. type things that you're going to be developing there. Talk a little bit about that. I'm super excited about our social enterprises. So the new building is going to incorporate three storefronts. Um, more to come on that because we haven't uh, fully decided on what those businesses will be. But the whole goal of that is that full transformation of an individual. So we invite them in. Uh, typically through base camp. The hope is that we move them through our own continuum of care into one of our recovery programs. And then from there, when they graduate that residential program, we want to provide them with uh, workforce training, workforce development. And so it's important. Absolutely. Something to put on a resume. Absolutely. It's important to plug them into a safe location because Mm -hmm. these are still individuals in early recovery um, and provide that sort of controlled job training environment. And so that's the goal of these three storefronts. Good. Um, I, I'm really excited for that. I mean, to me, that was probably one of the biggest um, things that I, I, I just just totally agree with. And I know a lot of people are always concerned about um, becoming a magnet, you know, mm-hmm. a, a bigger mission, a bigger magnet. I know that you have some some. I don't know if they're memorandums of understanding what specifically uh, they are with the city of Bellingham with regards to having um, people just camping out Mm -hmm. in tents, you know, gathering outside and partying in the streets, kind of what they were doing at the old drop-in center, which I'm sorry, folks, it wasn't the mission's fault. That is a city policy. You have a problem with it, 
you talk to your mayor and your Bellingham City Council. They are the only ones with the power to change that. So go ahead. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, you know, I understand that concern. I live in this community. Um, You know, I know people who are raising children in this community, but with the Lighthouse organization and specifically with the new shelter property, there's going to be a protection zone around that, which prohibits individuals from camping directly around that location. It's going to keep it safe. Um, But I would also say for the neighborhood, for the neighborhood. Absolutely. We want to respect this neighborhood. Like I said, we live in these neighborhoods, Um, but specifically, you know, I think there's this concern that if we expand our operations, more folks are going to travel to us to take advantage of our services. Mm -hmm. And I would tell you that about 15 to 20 percent of the homeless population across the nation in any county is transient. That's pretty normal. Um, But the visibly homeless that you're seeing on the streets most likely became homeless in this county. They suffer from unique challenges that make it pretty impossible to travel and take advantage of social services. We're talking about individuals with uh, severe mental illnesses and physical disabilities. Um, So the folks that you're seeing camping out on the street, chances are they went to school here. They had a job here. They have family here. Mm -hmm. Um, These are your community members. Yes, Um it's a difficult thing because they had that huge um, encampment behind Walmart. And I don't know exactly how they're doing it, but they are moving them out. And so people are seeing more encampments all around the community. How do we, what's the best way with dealing with that? I mean, because nobody, I mean, everybody has a heart. We understand, but at the same time, crime goes up. Drug use goes up. A lot of lot of issues that um, you know are very difficult for people to you know in, in a, if you have a family or a business to deal with when those things are happening. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, I'm a young woman uh, walking you know around town after dark can be a little bit scary for any of us. Um, and what I would say is the best approach is to support your local social services. We are the individuals who are trained and staffed to invite these folks in, even with that level of mental health and some criminal background. That doesn't scare us away. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so if you can go ahead and financially support uh, local social services so we can expand our operations, that's what's really going to make a dent in this population. We can continue to move them around. We can continue to not arrest for open-air drug markets. Mm-hmm. Um but really supporting your social services is, is the answer. Um, I know that, um, that they have the reporting system for the Bellingham Police uh, Department where if you have an encampment that you can report it. Is it something that, that they can contact the mission about, that maybe somebody from there might stop out there and talk to the people and see if there's anybody that's looking for something besides a, a wet bed? Absolutely. There are one thing I would say about Whatcom County is the outreach efforts in this county are amazing Mm -hmm. and very impressive. And so that's no different for Lighthouse. We've got a downtown liaison and an outreach um, department who are tasked with going out and connecting with these individuals that you see. Call us up. Call the base camp number. Let them know if you see a new face around or a new encampment that pops up. Chances are it's going to already be on our rounds with the outreach team. But, Mm -hmm. yeah, we are more than willing to go out and connect with these individuals. So uh, your outreach team, are they still using the little electric uh, skateboard scooters? Every day if Hans had his way, absolutely. (laughs) Um, Primarily right now because of the weather, we've shifted to our um, vans and our shower connect trailer. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we're out there, you know, taking people to appointments, bringing them sandwiches, bringing them to the mission. 
Okay. Um, meet well, and the, is, so shower connect is working again. Did they ever get the, the laundry thing going? Uh, a mobile laundry unit? Yeah. Or, uh-huh. Yeah. You know, I don't think that we've got that going right now. I know that we're kind of working on it, mm-hmm. but that was kind of right before COVID hit. Yeah, we do have public laundry facilities at base camp, though. Okay. So, but you do have the shower connect and, and talk a little bit about how that operates. Yeah, absolutely. So um, right now it was uh, going one day a week at First Baptist in downtown Bellingham uh, operates for about two hours. Uh, individuals are able to come in and sign up for a shower. Um, we provide all of the hygiene products, but this is also a great way for an individual to connect with a Lighthouse Mission staff member and indicate a greater need. Um, so really this is meeting a basic need, but the primary goal of this is, of course, as always, relationship. So when are you expecting to, what, to break ground, to really break ground, you know, not, not, not the photo op? <laughs> I was going to say, I would say that our, our groundbreaking ceremony was in November, but we should see, um, our hope is that in the next couple of months, you'll see some movement on that. And there, we've already begun work inside the building. It's not visible, of course, to the public, but work has already started. Okay, so they're doing demolition inside. It's got to be a little tough with that elevator in there. Yeah. <laughs> We worked hard on that. I, I told Hans, I said, the only thing that really, really makes me sad is I know how much effort went into getting that elevator inside of the the original mission here. And so, yeah. is there any way that you can repurpose that? And he says, not, not that I know of. We have thought of several creative solutions, but yeah, we haven't come up with a good one yet. <laughs> so, um, is there anything, any other message that you would like to um, send out to the public before we kind of wrap up here? Uh, just to thank you for support, and they can track our progress on the new building project on lighthousebuilds.org. Um, yeah, and we're just thankful. Okay. Um, any events coming up that you know of? We've got our gala this year, our uh, next summer, excuse me, in June, and we are turning 100 years old. Oh, wow. Pretty exciting year for us, uh, 2023, and so the community will have an opportunity to join us in celebration uh, sometime in June for our fundraising gala. Are you going to be doing that gala at a larger facility this time? I can't say. I can't say. <laughs> Don't know. Possibly. It was really crowded at the last. It was really tight. I'm like, like, it's like, do I really need to go do that? I think I missed going out and buying some of those tickets for all the, the blinky lights and stuff because I, I just couldn't, I could not get across the room to go find somebody. So. We anticipate a, a big turnout this year because it's our hundredth birthday, and so. And what do you, um, what is what do people what can people kind of sort of expect when they go to this type of an event? Oh, absolutely! So this is going to be it's going to be information besides fundraising for you know. But what what do the, the you guys have some interesting stuff? Yeah, amazing food, of course, hors d'oeuvres and beverages, but um, some testimony and uh, really some information just about what Lighthouse is up to. Okay, well, at the end, I want to thank you for being here, Brittany, and anybody. If you want to do something good in 2023, consider volunteering or at least dina- donating financially to the Lighthouse Mission Ministries. Um, it's New Year's Eve, and I wanted to ring in the new year with everyone. But I first wanted to say um, I'm using the original Whatcom County Tea Party bell. This bell came to the tea party through a gentleman, a couple, by the name of Steve and Joan Hansen. You'll probably remember them because whenever we had our rallies, they were driving in their PT Cruiser and they were ringing that bell. And I also want to do this in memory of David Baines. David and Maddie were great people. They all understood the need, the, 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 the mission for freedom. We were all about it. Saturday Morning Live, let's ring it in. 
signing off. That's for you, Steve, Joan, Maddie, and David. Have a great new year.